everyone. Good morning. Welcome to church. Let's stand together and let's worship. Good morning, everyone. Turn to the person next to you and say hello. 
speaking to us, begin preparing our hearts for the message. Let's invite God to just be able to push past whatever it is that we're facing today, this morning, whatever this week looked like for us. Let's just invite God to just push all that aside and to just meet us in this place, in this moment, to be Lord over our lives, to be Lord over our time here so that we can truly hear from heaven truly receive his word with an open heart, with a glad heart, completely void of all distraction, but just to be face to face with the Father. Let's praise him together. Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life, oh, he is my song, cause you are good, good, good. 
God, I just pray, Father, that we would align our hearts and our minds, Father, with that truth. God, that you are good. You are always good. No matter what our circumstance looks like, no matter what our situation looks like, it doesn't change your character. It doesn't change your nature. You love each and every single one of us, and you are good. And so, God, I just pray, Father God, for my brothers and sisters in this room, Father. God, that we would just be open to this word this morning, God, a word that is going to call out things in us, Father, a word that's going to call us to a deeper step of faith, a deeper step of trust, a deeper step of surrender. And I just pray, God, we would not allow anything to deter us, Father, from making that choice and that decision. God, I just pray all throughout this room, pray for Pastor Gay as she delivers this message, God. And I just pray, Lord, that your name will be lifted high as we put you first and foremost in our lives as king on the throne of our hearts and Lord over every single part of us, Lord. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated and watch this. This is our night to shine. 
the night is that every single one of you are crowned the king or the queen of the prom. But let me tell you why you're the king or the queen. It's because that's how God looks at you every single day of your life. This is our name, this is our night to shine. This is our name, this is our night, this is our night to shine. And we have the amazing privilege of being able to host that event this year. Uh, you know you've been hearing a lot about it. And uh, we're just really excited. We just think it's going to be an absolutely incredible night for every single one of our honored guests. And, and so, you know, normally during this time, we ask you to pull out your phones and check into Facebook. But what we actually want you guys to do is to pull out your phones, go to the Salem Fields Community Church Facebook page, and share uh, the post about Night to Shine. You know, we're almost at our goal for the amount of t attendees but you know what? We really think that we can go over that goal and beyond and really just get in front of every single person that would possibly want to be a part of this event if you guys could just share. So maybe there's uh, one of your Facebook friends that, that uh, would love to be a part of this event or that knows someone that would love to be a part of this event. And we're just really excited uh, to really just create an absolutely amazing night for those with special needs and their caretakers. So if you could just take a moment right now to pull out your cell phones and uh, just go to our Facebook page, share that event. We really just want to make sure that this night is absolutely a night to remember. And we want to make sure that we get every single person that could possibly want to be a part of this event an opportunity to come and experience it. So thank you guys so much. And there's still opportunities to volunteer. Uh, so if you just want to email info at SalemFields.com to also sign up to serve that night, you can do that as well. Pastor Buddy has a couple more announcements for us. Well, good morning. Welcome to church today. Glad you're here on this cold day. God sent us some warm weather, but we didn't appreciate it enough. So he's giving us another shot of cold weather. So we'll appreciate the warm weather. We're glad you're here this morning. Uh, we are going to, Rich, we're, like if somebody wanted to know the areas of volunteer, do you know where to send them to find out? Our website? Salem. All right, so someone asked me coming in today, and maybe you have the same question. If you'd like to volunteer and know what it is you're volunteering for, you can go to salemfields.com slash night to shine, and all the information should be there for you on that. We're going to take our tithes and offerings here in just a few moments at the next song, and just want to say to you, we appreciate your faithful giving as we continue to do the mission that God has called us to do. As you give, we do what we can to continue to uh, know, help people to know Jesus and to share real hope with anyone everywhere and we do that as you are able to give as we as we as a body of Christ give here at Salem Fields Community Church and so a lot has been accomplished and we continue to do what God would have us to do we are excited about night to shine and uh, all that will bring and parts of your tithes and offerings will go to help pull that off as well also just uh uh, you can see how to give, right? And if you're a guest today, we're welcome you here. We're glad you're here. And if you're a guest, this is the ways that you can give at Salem Fields. And uh, as you give, uh, the Lord will bless you in that. A connection card or any program, we'd love for you to sign a connection card. 
especially if you're a guest or if you're here and you're a regular attender and you don't get our e-newsletter. A lot of times we send things out uh, by email and uh, we have an email news, e-news that comes out every Thursday and you have to sign up for that. Uh, and so if you would want to do that and receive that, you do that on your connection card and you'll get that every Thursday night. It comes out and we'd love for you to be a part of that. Just a couple things coming up. Our all-church meeting is coming up uh, this Wednesday night, and uh, we hope that all of you that care and are part of Salem Fields Community Church will be here to be a part of that. Now, I know they're calling for snow. Uh, so, you know, they say it could be a big one. It could be one inch. Uh, but whatever, uh, if there's any change to the meeting, it'll be on our website. It'll be on Facebook, and uh, you can find out there. But we plan to have that meeting unless... We can't. <laughs> also, a winter retreat's coming up next weekend here at Salem Fields Community Church. I can tell you that is a huge event. They have over 500 teenagers, students, signed up right now. That was last week. Uh, that'll be here in our building next weekend. Uh, they'll be here on Friday afternoon all the way through until Sunday morning. Uh, they'll be attending our 9 o'clock service. And so uh, I would say if you really want to come, uh, come early if you come to the 9 o'clock service, but we'd recommend you come to the 11 o'clock service because they'll be mostly uh, not here and uh, it'll be a better seat for you. But we have a special speaker next week, Curtis Parks, will be speaking. He's, a, he's the winter retreat speaker and you can remember him. He was here before and he'll be our speaker next weekend. So we hope that you'll take time to be here for that. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a new time. I mean, tax season's here and you can get your giving receipt by going to salemfields.com slash mychurchprofile and setting up a profile there, and you, will get, you can get your giving statement uh, right there in your, uh, on your computer, and uh, you can track your giving all through the year and set up a profile there. And uh, if you say, well, buddy, I don't do all that stuff, well, then if you'll just put it on your connection card that, uh, that you want your giving receipt uh, mailed to you, or you can pick it up here, just let us know that. We want to make sure you get that uh, because all of your contributions that you re that you put your name to at Salem Fields is tax deductible. Uh, I want to talk about our membership class today at uh, following the 11 o'clock service. I know it's kind of awkward uh, for some of you guys to be here at the 9 o'clock service and come back at uh, 12.30, or you could just stay around and hang around and go to two services and uh, maybe get twice as much out of it as you would if you're just here for one. Uh, but anyway, our membership class will give you all the information about Salem Fields if you're considering being a part of this church and connecting here and giving here and doing all that. Uh, I would want you to, we want you to know as much as you can about Salem Fields, and that class will help you do that. If you plan to stay for that, if you just put that on your connection card, membership class, uh, we have, uh, because we're going to have food and we'd like to have enough food and we have childcare, so if you could do that, it's today. Uh, following the 11 o'clock service. Also, our celebration service is coming up at the end of the month. If you've never been a part of our celebration service, you want to be a part of it. It's the last Sunday of this month. It's on Sunday night at 6. In that service, we do baptisms, baby dedications, testimonies. We share around the Lord's table. We just celebrate all that God is doing at Salem Fields. So if you would, uh, if you would like to be baptized, if you've never been baptized, that's your next step in your spiritual journey is to be baptized, and it's very important because God commanded, Jesus commanded that we be baptized. And so if you've never been baptized, we'd love to do that. Put it on your connection card. Somebody will be in touch. Same as baby dedications. Okay? Thank you.
And as you can see by looking on our side walls, we start our brand new series this weekend, Fixer Upper. And, you know, we have a, a special thing that we're going to have that goes along with this series, and that is a small group study. And so if you are not a part of a small group, we really just want you to, uh, to just commit to being a part of one for four weeks. And you can do that by going out to the table uh, in the lobby and signing up for one. Uh, we really just want to be able, we're going to have all of our small groups, excuse me, doing the same study, and it's going to go along with every single message. So we're not just hearing it on the weekend, but we're actually being able to study it and go through it during the week. So uh, come visit me out at the table. I'll answer any question that you might have. Also, if you're online, you can sign up for a small group by going to uh, salemfields.com slash smallgroups, and you can sign up through there, or you can also sign up through the Salem Fields Community Church app. Um, but we really just want to make sure if you are not in a small group, definitely be a part of one. All you have to do is commit to four weeks, and if you like the group, then you can stay uh, even beyond that. But if not, and it's still, it's just only a four-week commitment. So that way we can really be unified as a church around this series. Uh, also, uh, Pastor Gay talked about last week, uh, musician sign-ups, if you want to be a part of that. And you know what? God has blessed you with a, a talent or even just a, a desire to, to just be a part of that. Go and visit that same table as well. You can sign up out there. And then also you can even sign up to volunteer uh, at Winter Retreat and help serve in that way, again, at the same table. So we'll see you guys after service with any questions that you might have about that. But we're going to continue to worship, and we're really excited uh, for the word that God has for us today.
just had revival, right? Yeah. yeah, we've been revived. We heard six great messages. We loved those speakers, didn't we? Dr. Chan and the two Johns. And uh, we heard a lot of, we got a lot of knowledge. We got a lot of inspiration. And uh, it was all good. But now today, today, and all this month is a defining moment. It's a defining moment uh, to see whether or not we're willing to allow that knowledge and that inspiration to roll over into growing us into something beautiful. This is where the rubber meets the road. Now, by the way, you know where that phrase came from? Racing. <laughs> it came from racing. What it meant was when the rubber of those tires meet the road, it spins it forward. There's movement. There's action. You see, we don't want to sit around and be knowledge and inspiration porkers. Do you know what I mean by that? I mean, we can have all the knowledge in the world, and we can be very inspired, yet not grow, yet not mature in our faith. And so today is where it gets a little tougher, where we say, are we going to just be believers that sit around and get more knowledge and get inspired? Or are we really going to allow that to transform us into the original design that God had for us? And see, Buddy and I get that challenge. We get to have you on the daily, mundane uh, kind of walk through life. One day I hope I can be a great inspirational uh, preacher and then just leave. I'm just kidding about that. I don't want to be that at all. <laughs> but do you understand what I'm saying? That it's, it's one thing to gain that knowledge and inspiration. It's another thing to truly grow. It, the knowledge and, and the inspiration are the rubber, right? Commitment and application will move us ahead. And so that's where it gets a little tougher for us believers. Um, that's where it gets a little bit more difficult in the daily routines of life. Now, James said this. He said, don't merely be listeners of the word and so deceive yourself. You know what that means? That means we can just listen to the word and get up and say, that was a good word, but not really put that and apply it into our life. And all we've done is sat there for an hour. Because the only way that we can have victory in a race, the only way that we can become more than just someone that checks off a box in this Christian world is to take what we hear and apply it to our life. That's where the rubber meets the road. And that's the tough part. And that's the part that many people start out on the starting line, but they don't finish the race. Because somewhere along the line, it got too hard and they quit. In Hebrews, Hebrews is a book of disciplines. Discipline. And it says in there, and let us run. Now that's action. Now I hate to run. I love to walk. So I would put in there, let me walk. But the scripture says, let us run. That means that there's action. Let us run with perseverance 
the race that was marked out for us. You see, God has a race for us to run. He has a finish line. He makes it very clear to us. And he says, when you start out, in order for you to finish that race, you're going to have to go through some tough things. Now, that's the part we don't like very much. So what I'm saying with fixer-upper, what, what this fixer-upper is to be, is, is to say, here's what it's going to take to get the victory in this, in this race. So it's time to get your motor running, because we're going to head out on the highway. <laughs> I just like that song. <laughs> because what I'm going to talk to you about is it's now time for us to decide, are we going to risk are we going to risk it all for God? Are we going to actually have some action in our life? Do we really want the victory? Do we really believe that this life can be victorious? This series, Fixer Upper, uh, of course, it was inspired by the show. How many people watch the show? A lot of people watch that show. I watched it just yesterday before I came and did this message. And uh, what this series is about is, is taking action to see something transformed. Transformation does not just happen sitting around. It doesn't just happen effortless, effortlessly and just kind of happen. So this was inspired. We were sitting in staff meeting. We were deciding on what series we're going to do. This has been months and months ago. And Rich said, why not after the first of the year do Fixer Upper? And I love this about Rich. He said, he told me one time, he said, Kristen and I are kind of a cross between Chip and Joanna Gaines and Buddy and Gay. I love that. <laughs> you know, kind of the ministry Fixer Upper kind of people. And they, they truly are. They're, they're a beautiful little couple. But Chip and Joanna Gaines, what they do is they take these old rundown houses, you've watched it, and they turn them into something beautiful and stunning. Watch this. We're Chip and Joanna Gaines. We take the worst house in the best neighborhood and we turn it into our client's dream home. Are y'all ready to see your fixer-upper? Oh my God! Oh my God, yes! Do you have the guts to take on a fixer-upper? Now, for us, what it means is that we're going to allow God to transform maybe a lackluster, kind of uneventful spiritual life into something new and beautiful and victorious. You see, that's a spiritual fixer-upper. So my question to you, just like Joanna asks on that show, is do you have the guts to take on your spiritual fixer-upper? Do you have the guts? Because it takes the guts to run a race and finish it. So we're going to look at what it takes. I'm just going to be honest with you here this morning. We're going to look at what it takes. First of all, it takes redemption. So I looked up the definition of redemption, and here's what it said, to compensate for a defect. Now, for Chip and Joanna Gaines, before the cameras ever go on, we never see this in the show, but we know this has to happen. They go out into neighborhoods and they scour that neighborhood looking for broken down houses to redeem and restore, right? You know that has to happen because they get their clients, they get a single mom or a couple or whomever they're working with with their clients, and they present them three options. 
so that they've had to go out into neighborhoods and scour and find these properties. And when they find one, their eyes, especially Joe and Chip, but Joanna especially, their eyes can pierce through that mess. They can look at something old and dilapidated and run down, but they can look through that mess. They can look through the obstacles. And what other people might see as useless, the one I watched yesterday was like this tiny little 1900s shack that was completely dilapidated and run down. And they presented it to their clients, and their clients, it was her producer actually, and he went, what? But Chip and Joanna could see how that old, run-down, dilapidated shack, and they called it the shack, could be made into something beautiful. Did you know that God is constantly doing that in every neighborhood around the world? In Chronicles, it says this. God is constantly on the lookout for people who are totally committed to him. And I love what the Living Bible says. It says, God's eyes are searching the whole world every day, constantly. He's constantly looking for people who will engage with him and allow him to redeem and restore them. It says it in there. But when someone commits, when someone engages, he asks for a commitment. Now, Chip and Joe, they do the same. They give this couple, they give their clients, whomever they're working with, they, they give them three options. And they stand there and they cast this vision. And they tell their clients what it's going to take to transform this. And they say, we can see this. Can you see it? Can you see what it can be? And they'll say, well, we trust you. We trust you because you can see it. And, and Chip and Joanna help them understand that this non-useful structure, this old rundown structure can actually be turned into their dream home. Now they present there's going to be challenges. And they also say there's going to be risks when you do this. And, and they want their clients to count the cost. Now, they do that with dollars and numbers. And, and they want them to understand that along the way, and we don't see this because they edit that. We don't get to edit life, do we? We don't get to cut out the parts that we don't like. But they do because they've only got an hour. <laughs> but, the, but they tell their clients, there's going to be some tough times in this, and you're going to want to quit. And you'll see on that show every now and then, there's something they didn't count on, and they've already committed to this, and they've already started the project, and they'll call them up, and they'll say, you know what, we just found something. There's a cracked foundation, and it's going to take $2,500 more. And the people have to decide, do we continue to go ahead? And in those moments, it's like, oh, where are we going to get that money? You see, that's how it is when we're running a race. That's how it is when things are being transformed. As we run into times where we have problems, where we don't understand what's going on, and when the tough times hit, we want to quit. God asks the same of us. He asks for a commitment because he knows that a hope-filled life results with a vision for the beautiful, with the eye on the prize and keeping your eye on the prize and committing to push through whatever comes along 
and stay the course with God. So many people start the race and they don't get the prize. You see, first, we need a solid and secure foundation. Now, when they go in and find these structures, if they see a foundation is not in good shape, that's the first place that they begin. That's the first place that they begin to reconstruct. But if the foundation is good, they continue to build. So we have to look at what does it mean with our spiritual fixer-upper, with, with, with our foundation. And for a spiritual fixer-upper, our foundation is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, some of you have entered into a personal relationship with Christ, and there may be somebody here that has never accepted Christ as your personal Savior. That's the place to begin. Because that's what gives us a solid, firm foundation that when the tough times hit, we're not going to crash. So, so brokenness is transformed into beauty by first being redeemed. Just like they go into neighborhoods and they find a house for a spiritual fixer-upper, the same thing exists. We need to be redeemed. We need to be found. And when Jesus died on the cross, he made a way for that. He made a way for us to be redeemed. He made a way for us to be compensated for our defects, sin. With the precious blood of Christ, he was the lamb without blemish or defect. And when we accept him, we get a strong and secure foundation for our souls so that when the winds come and the storms rage, we can finish the race because we have a strong, firm foundation. So if you've never accepted Jesus Christ, that's the place to start. If you have accepted Jesus Christ, you know that you have this firm, secure foundation for your soul. It says we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. That's where we begin. We're redeemed. We're redeemed. And when we accept him and what he did as compensation for our defects, we also receive the Holy Spirit, which is our power tool. We cannot make it through this in our own human strength. The Holy Spirit is the only power that transforms. And you see, when we have that foundation, when we accept him, we also receive the Holy Spirit. Now we've got our tool belt on. Now we're equipped with everything that we need to get that victory. Everything that we need to grow and mature in Christ. What we need more than ever in this world today are hope-filled people that are maturing in Christ. We don't need knowledge and inspiration porters. The world needs to see people where this really works, where it really works. He's called us to be those people. You see, Chip and Joe can't proceed until a house has been found, until it's been redeemed and offered to clients. 
You and I cannot proceed to grow spiritually until we're found, till we're redeemed by the blood of Jesus and we have our salvation and our foundation. We're saved from sin. We're compensated for our defects. We have a new slate. We're a new creation. He makes beautiful things. And we have, when we have our salvation, it's the free gift that God makes available to everyone. Many people don't accept that gift. Try to make it through life without him or without the power of the Holy Spirit. But the Bible clearly said, for God loved, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but can have ev everlasting life. Which means you can have that victory if you're willing to receive him. And it also says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So does that mean when we receive our salvation, we're done? We're there? We're ready? No, that was a free gift. We can't earn that. There is nothing that we can do to earn our salvation. That is a free gift of God. We did nothing to earn that. All we did was have a willing heart to receive it. Now, now it's time to grow and mature in his grace. That means we're redeemed with a firm and secure foundation, Jesus Christ. We're ready to build a new and better and more hope-filled life. Isn't that exciting? So no matter where we are in that process, there's more. And so the next phase that we get to, that Chip and Joanna get to, is renovation. Now, Chip calls this demo day. Watch this. Today, my friend, is demo day. Today's demo day. It's not just any day, babe. It's demo day. What's today? Ah! Demo day. Ah! Just like blow some junk up. <laughs> Chip. I'm mostly okay. Baby, that was awesome. I like that. I'm mostly okay. <laughs> well, Chip takes great joy in destroying old walls and rotted out infrastructure. You ever do that, Josh? Oh, you have to, Josh. I know you're resonating with this. He, he takes great joy in, in, in clearing out that old rotted out infrastructure. And if that house could talk, it would say, ouch, because it's being torn down. It's being demoed. It's being destroyed. Ouch, Chip. Yet creating something beautiful means tearing down the old and the diseased and the ugly to fulfill the vision, to finish the race. We don't like this part. It's the same for us spiritually. There are some things in our life that need to be demoed. There are some old habits. There's some bad attitudes. There's some fears that we've just kind of packed down in. You know what they are. There's some things in our life that need to be demoed. There's some dysfunction. 
in relationships, that's not up to the other person to change. And over time, what happens is we humans, we like to neglect these things. You know, it's kind of like going to the dentist. You know what happens if you neglect going to the dentist over time? I talked to my dentist one time, and he used to attend here, and he said, you know, you and I are in the same business. We're trying to destroy decay. It's really true. And I said, that's true. I'm talking to people about sin, and you're talking to people about caring for your teeth. And you see, over time, if we neglect these things in our life, they're not going to go away. You can hope and you pray that all these things from the past will go away, but they're still very active if we haven't resolved them because, you see, there's erosion. There's decay that happens. There's no escape from that. I can promise you there's no escape from that. Slowly, it will derail our life and it will derail our relationships. Sooner or later, there's an accountability day. And so it's better for us to just do the disciplines and take it on. The only way is to have a spiritual demo day. In Hebrews, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and, and the sin that so easily entangles us. So many of us have things like fears and bad attitudes that are like a chain and a cinder block around our leg. And we're trying to finish this race, but we're just dragging it along. And there's no victory and there's no hope. And the people out there that aren't believers are saying, well, I don't want that. But who of us are experiencing victory in the middle of that? Who can reframe problems as a gift from God? Because when you're in the middle of that problem, God is trying to say to you, there's something here that you need to see about yourself because that's your chain and that's your cinder block that's dragging you and you're not gonna finish that race with great victory. You're gonna finish it battered and torn when you can cross that finish line and say, I have arrived. But you see, we wanna avoid those things. Now, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is what they don't show you. This is the part of life that we want to edit out. Quite honestly, I got to tell you, when I watch Fixer Upper, I usually fast forward through this part. I know the demo's coming. I know they're going to be painting and doing all of that. It gets pretty boring to me. But that's what I'm talking to you about here. This is the part we cannot ignore in our spiritual life. There is pain, there are problems, and most of us wanna pray those away or say, God, why are you causing this to happen to me? And God's saying, because that's my gift to you to show you you so that you can demo those things out of your life. Me and you together, you see you have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your power tool. The Holy Spirit is your sledgehammer. Not to you, but to those things in your life that are holding you back. What are they? If you'll go to the Lord, I can promise you, he'll show you what they are. There may be some fears. But see, when we do this, We've got to have our eyes on the prize. What is the prize? The Bible is loaded 
with telling us. It's his promises. You see, we've got to be armed with his promises. There are tons of them, but I've got a couple for you. First of all, in Jeremiah, it says, but I will, now this is God speaking to us and saying, you have my ironclad word that this will come about as you commit and you stay faithful to me. He says, I will restore you to health and I will heal your wounds if you'll be honest about them, if you'll admit them. And he also says, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. You know what that means? My cousin said to me one time, we spend the first half of our life screwing it up and then the last half of our life trying to get it unwound, <laughs> right? We do that, don't we? Think of the stuff that you did. I had eight years of my life where I just said, I don't need God. I'm gonna be in control of my life. And I can tell you this, things in that eight years of life that I did, I still have consequences today. Eternal consequences, no, God doesn't remember them anymore. He doesn't remember a thing that I did there because eternally I'm not held accountable for that. But on this earth until the day I die, there will be consequences. He doesn't take those away. Those are our gift to see how we can be restored. Don't pray them away. Say, God, thank you. What are you trying to show me in the middle of this? You see, we've got to have a spiritual demo day. We are equipped. We have our salvation. Jesus Christ is our foundation. We have the Holy Spirit. He is our power tool, the sledgehammer to demolish whatever's holding us back. But we start with this sledgehammer, and you might not like it because it messes with our pride. And here it is, therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another. You see, are you willing to ask God to show you you, to see yourself, to admit your part in whatever this thing is that you're going through, whatever that, not somebody else's part, not blaming yourself, not blaming anyone else, not blaming your circumstances, but are you willing to be honest and courageous and look within your own heart to find whatever it is that's sabotaging your spiritual growth? Ouch. See, God's trying to tear away those things. And finally, you know, I've been a little embarrassed because people have said, you mean you have a book? <laughs> and uh, it has been out since October. And Buddy said, you know, you're, you're hiding. <laughs> you guys walk through this with me, right? He said, uh, you're like that parable in the Bible when he pulls that on me. I always listen. He said, it's like you're hiding your talent. You're digging a hole and you're hiding it in there. Uh, quite honestly, uh, this book uh, took me seven years to write it. And it was brutal because I did just this. I did exactly what I've just talked to you about doing, is asking God to show me me. And I discovered that we all have a blind spot and that I had a blind spot. And there's no way that we can get beyond that blind spot without another human being helping us. Now, we're, we're most tested in the middle of some conflict. You know how I can, I can tell you everything that Buddy does wrong, right? <laughs> I can see that loud and clear. So can you with your spouse. You know what's tougher? 
to see what my part is. That'll stop you in your tracks. And when I began to take the blindfold off of my blind spot, boy, did I find some stuff in there that was holding me back. Some ways that I was responding, and it's based on what Jesus meant by turn the other cheek. Jesus did not mean to forgive over and over and over and allow yourself to be abused. He had another response, and I didn't know what that was. And when I began, I mean, this is the person that you know is fearless. I jump out of airplanes, right? I mean, I rollerblade as fast as I can, and I use people for obstacles. I mean, this is... (laughs) And what I discovered was a lot of that was to cover up some of the fear that I'd hidden in my blind spot. And when I discovered that and I saw myself, God began to do and say, you know what? I'm made strong in your weakness. And so I began to allow my weaknesses to come out. I wasn't afraid of them. And he showed me some things that has revolutionized my life. And that's why I'm presenting this to you. This is the spiritual fixer-upper, that if we want the victory, if we want to be all that God created us to be, if we're willing to allow him to rearrange some walls and some foundations and some things in our lives, we will have something new that you will not believe. That's what he promises us. And so I said, okay, today's the day. There it is. Jenny's here. She designed my cover. Colin was the inspiration for that. And I'm, I'm really excited about that. I'm so thankful for her. And uh, there it is. It's not written to make me money. Not going to do that. It's a quick read. It'll take you under an hour to read. Under an hour. But it's going to take you a lifetime to apply this. And it's going to be, somebody said to me, Wayne Driver, he was, uh, we were at the beach the other day, and he said, this is an assignment. This is a life assignment. Because as we do this, God will begin to restore. See, he's renovating us. He's doing what Chip and Joanna do in those houses. He, it's demo day, and he's renovating us. Honestly, that's the part that I think most believers want to skip over. I'm not going to promise you a rose garden on this walk with the Lord. Well, maybe I will. There are roses and there are lots of thorns. And this is the part we don't like because it's brutal. But I can tell you, when God walks with you through that time, you'll be amazed at the relationship that you have with him, how he will reveal things to you that you know is only coming from him, how as you apply that to your life, as you put that into practice, you step into your fears. You don't wait till those fears are gone. You courageously step there because you know God is already there. You allow yourself to be vulnerable. You begin to confess those things that are yours and God begins to grow you. This is what he wants for us. This is what he wants for a world that's lost and dying and needs to see hope. They need to see people where it really works. The truth about me. We get problems. We whine and complain. We want to quit. I do. You know what my MO is? I want to run away. I quit almost every day of my life. I've quit this church probably a thousand times. (laughs) I've quit my marriage probably 2,000 times. (laughs) But you know what? I want to finish the race. And he's called me to this. 
And so my responsibility is to give it to you. Honestly, I wrote this book for leaders in the church, not for the general population. But when Buddy said that to me, this has been on Amazon since October, and when he said that to me and somebody last week said, you have a book? And even Manu said, sister, your book. And I said, okay, all right. I'll stop being a little controlling with it because I want it to be for leaders in the church because it diffuses hypocrisy. And I believe too many people have left the church because there have been too many hypocritical leaders. And so I call myself to accountability, and I'm calling leaders to accountability. I have two opportunities to speak to groups of leaders. So that's who it's for. But I can tell you this, as a believer in Jesus Christ, it will change and transform you if you will allow the demo day and the renovation to happen in your life. And do that with a foundation safe and secure with Jesus. Tom Landry said this, see, about discipline. These are the disciplines of life. Do we feel like doing this? No, you're never going to feel like doing this. This is not about feeling good. This is about maturing and growing spiritually. Tom Landry said the job of a football coach is to make men do what they don't want to do in order to achieve what they want to be. Tom Landry was Dallas Cowboy. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You remember him, great uh, believer in Christ. (laughs) I knew that would get a little, Buddy's not even in here. But uh, that's what he said, and, and that's a good thing to say. That's what discipline is, getting yourself to do the things you don't feel like doing. The other day as I was preparing this message, you know, I love to walk, and that particular day, I did, ah, I didn't want to get put the, get all ready and put the coat on and put the gloves and the hat and the, you know, I didn't feel like it. I hadn't eaten anything and I was like weak and there was something in me that said, get up, go out, walk. And I'm telling you, I met with the Lord and two things he showed me, not going to share that with you because that's between me and him, but two things I would not have gotten if I had not disciplined myself and said, I don't feel like doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. There are things in your life like that. Are you willing to tackle those things? You see, that's what the book of Hebrews is to the Christ follower. It takes discipline to produce results that God desires. That's our part. Too many people come to church and just want God to do it all. We pray and we say, God, why why is this happening? Instead of saying, God, I know you're allowing this to happen to me because you and I, in partnership together, are going to overcome this thing. And you're going to help me have the victory in this race. And you get up and you go again. You see, transformation cannot happen without the demo process. Aren't you glad you came to church today? (laughs) Knowledge and inspiration alone will not do it. You're probably inspired with your devotions every morning if you're doing them. You're probably inspired by every book you pick up. You're probably inspired and it feels so good. But that's not going to get you to finish the, the race. It's demo day. It's pain. And we groan and we grumble and we fight, but we have to endure the discipline of rigor. I'm just as big of a baby as anybody is. But I've decided, with God's grace, I'm going to finish this race. 
spiritual restoration, becoming more like Jesus Christ is difficult, but it gets us closer to the goal of restoration. Now, now we're getting into the good part, aren't we? Restoration is the reconstruction of the original form. It's the part that we all fast forward to. It's the part, it's the big reveal. Watch this. Gail and Alan, are y'all ready to see your fixer upper? Yes. Yes, we are. Oh, oh. man. Now, that's the part we all want, isn't it? And that's the part I fast forward to. Uh, let me just say about the, the, the little book, if you do have the guts for a spiritual fixer-upper, Alicia will be at the Information Center. I, there's only a couple more uh, left there. You can get it on Amazon. I, I'm not here to sell a book. I am not here to make money on this book. I'm here to tell you what it takes to grow in grace. It's not a little book that you're going to curl up by the fire with. It's a little book that you'll read in less than an hour, but it will take a lifetime to apply it. I'm still learning. I still apply it. I'm getting better and better at it every day, and I'm growing and I'm maturing. That's where the rubber meets the road. Application, commitment. But this is the big reveal. This is when the restoration happens. And the Bible says in 1 Peter, it says, and after you have suffered a little while, after you go through all that, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, listen to this, will himself, you and God, God and you, restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. That's a great promise. And it says, you who have made me see many troubles. This is out of Psalm. And it, so it was David's. You who have made me see many troubles and calamities will revive me again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. You will increase my greatness and comfort me again. Who doesn't want that great reveal? Arm yourself with that every day. Keep your eyes on the prize. Live with the Holy Spirit being your transformation power. You see, it takes redemption, renovation, restoration, and that equals transformation. Transformation doesn't just happen by God zapping us. It happens as we engage in the process. It happens as we commit and decide we are not turning back. It happens as we apply his word to our daily life. That's the only way that it's gonna happen. The Bible says, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Here's our assignment for life. Strive for restoration. Always be in the process, every decision you make, every choice you make is to strive for restoration. Today, I've got a very difficult assignment ahead of me. Today, me. 
As I was worshiping, I was asking the Lord, God, go before me. Be there when I get there. Give me the words. Break my heart, because my heart is broken. But I need him. And I'm listening to him. And I'm armed with a promise that says, as I do that with him, he will restore me. That's a promise. That's your promise. The Bible clearly says, we're not going to be able to do this in our human strength. What does it take to go from humanly defective to spiritually victorious today? Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. A foundation of Jesus Christ. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, and I believe there may be someone here this morning that has never made him your foundation, you can do that today. You can accept him. You can say, God, I want you to come into my house. I'm willing for you to do some demo. If you're interested in that, if you're even remotely interested in accepting and entering into a relationship with Jesus Christ, talk to me after the service or go out where the sign is, uh, where it says accept Jesus. Talk to one of the pastors out there. Ask any question that you want to. I want you to explore that. Or you can even accept him and get one of the bands today. If you've never done that, that's the beginning of the spiritual fixer-upper. And then... We need that renovation process. We need to allow God to tear away and demo some things in our life by focusing on them, by confessing them, by admitting them. And you know what restoration is? It's rebuilding for a greater purpose. Because you see, that house, when they get it, has no purpose except to be redeemed and restored. But once it's restored, there's going to be a family in there. They're going to make babies in there. They're going to have arguments in there. They're going to love one another. They're going to hate one another. They're going to want to run away. But there's a greater purpose. And that's exactly what he wants to do in us. You have a greater purpose than what you have today. He wants to do that in us. Nothing happens without effort. Nothing happens without action. This is where the rubber meets the road. We all get to decide. Now, this is a great song. Let's stand together. We're going to worship. It's about making our foundations safe and secure. Let's close out with this. Every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever bring We live for you Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of 
of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes and wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and leave me in your love to those around. Every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever bring. We live for you. Jesus, the name above. Jesus, the only one who could ever say, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Declaration rise from your heart. That you and your home will build your house upon.